Hi everybody, welcome to episode 11 of uh, Satellite 664. I'm uh, one of your two co-hosts, Kaz Tagyan, and as always I'm joined by... Me! Who are you? Oh god, I've forgotten. <laughs> You're the... No, I'm Loopy, I'm in London, and today, well, we're actually recording this on the day of Clive Burr's birthday. Indeed, the 8th of March... Uh, the birthday of the the late great Clive Burr, rest in peace. And um, today we're going to talk a little bit about Clive, a little bit about his legacy, and um, we're also going to talk about, uh, I guess, the the event Burfest that was um, held just this past weekend uh, in honour of Clive. So, uh, Loopy, now you you were Clive's drum tech in uh, 1980-81 so you got to yeah. know him pretty well and we've discussed in 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 great detail in episode one uh your dealings with clive and we don't really need to um go uh, over we don't need I to mean, go over basically if, if people um if people want to know more then obviously go back to episode one or just buy a copy of the Luby world book yeah yeah i think you gave a which a, at the moment can, can only be found on ebay which is ridiculous so my, my website is still down. I don't know why. You've gone hard copy now, haven't you? Uh, that wasn't me. That was uh, that was a guy, um, uh, Stefan Duras, oh. in uh, Croatia. He works for the uh, Made in Croatia uh, website. Sorry, hardcover. Hardcover. My apologies. Hardcover. Yeah. So yeah, there are hardcovers out there, yeah. but not that many. I think we only did uh, probably less than a hundred. Which are all sold by, from what I understand. It is, yeah, they're all being posted out by uh, by Stipe. Um, that originally they were meant to be going out as a like a special edition, but he has just sold them separately, as far as I'm aware. Mm. But yeah, it was a good idea, and they look great. They do look great. Mm. So, so Clive would have been 63, which is really hard to believe. I mean, you almost every photo. That, that you see of Clive, whether it's, you know, it is obviously from back in the day. I mean, you know, such a young, <clears throat> young, handsome, fit-looking gentleman. Um, how do we, he would have been 63 today. He would have been 63 mm. had he have lived. Yeah. Yeah, he's a bit weird. But then I'm 63 in May. Um, and I, I don't see myself as 63. I mean, it is, it's that, that kind of case of if I'd known then what I know now, I would probably have stayed in the music business, but I would have a lot more knowledge about what I was doing. Mm. And maybe I, I, I if, if that was the case, then maybe I wouldn't have pissed Clive off so much that, yeah, get rid of me. Mm. I don't know. Steve, after you finished working with them and the band went on to record The Number of the Beast, who became Clive's drum tech on the beat on guy, the... there's a guy called Colin Clayton to go from me. He was originally brought in to look after Adrian's guitars. Uh, whether he knew anything about guitars, I don't know, but um, <laughs> he was actually brought in to take over from me. Uh, but look after Adrian first. And then when I got fired at the end of the Japanese tour, Colin stepped straight in. So yeah. did did Colin continue with was after Clive's departure to look after As Nick. far as I'm aware, Colin was there um, up until uh, 
Clark got fired. Oh, so end of 82. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so this past weekend, uh, the Burfest event occurred. Could you, now you know a lot about this. Uh, could you give us a, just a brief history of Burfest? Um, so what, what the event, <laughs> who, who actually conceived the event? Uh, it was actually conceived by two people, um, Andy Holloway, who is still there, and a guy from Holland, um, Lucas Irwin, Irwin Lucas, yeah, Irwin Lucas. Um, uh, Irwin left him, uh, left him to it two years ago. He basically just went, I've had enough, and he walked away. Um, Andy promoted the uh, last year's Burfest pretty much all on his own. Uh, in fact, not pretty much. He did everything. But on the show day, I went in there helping him uh, get bands on and off stage to make sure that things sort of ran to time. And then Andy offered uh, me a partnership. So I was sort of run uh, like Burfest this year um, and helped to organise next year's event, which I was quite happy to do, quite simply, because Andy had thought through everything for this year's event. There was no no need for me to be there. Um, so the the idea behind the event, obviously, is um, uh, there, there used to be an event called Clive Aid. Now, Clive Aid stopped probably uh, about 2012, and there was a gap in the market. So Andy and uh, Irwin came up with this idea to do Burfest, put artists related to Maiden, originally that was the original idea, um, uh, put them on a bill, you know, decent sized venue, and the, the first was done at um, a place called The Lounge, near Archway in North London, uh, but it was kind of small, uh, and over the last two years it's been done at the Dome at Tuffman Park, which is again probably about another 150, 200 people more capacity and this year's event uh, sold out so 450 people and that's including my artists guests all the rest of it <clears throat> and we, we had sort of ideas of um, how we wanted to progress um, over the next few years the um, idea if we could have done sold this one out which which Andy did and I've got to say that you know, I've got to sort of step back and sort of add my admiration to Andy for doing that. He did all of that himself, and bless him, you know, he's, he's got a new job, he's got a, a young baby, he's going to be one in a few weeks' time. Um, and trying to hold all that down and still manage to set out Burfest, that's quite an amazing feat when you think about it. Um, so anyway, like because of ongoing, um, and they still are ongoing, um, various medical issues that I have, um, I put a post up on Facebook recently saying that um, I don't need to justify myself. You know, like, you know, but I pulled away from Burfest. I'd already spoken to Andy about this and said that, you know, I'd, it'd be pointless if we'd been there, I would have been useless. If I'd have been there yesterday, I would have been totally useless because I can't, can't walk very far. 
if I do it with a walking stick, you've got sort of four or five steps that gets up to the stage. Now, me getting up to the stage, by the time I got to the top step to start helping organise the changeover between two bands, it would be time to go down again. Totally pointless. Um, also, the, like, the journey there and back would have been a pain in the ass. Uh, the actual venue itself is up, upstairs, probably about 20 to 25 stairs. Again, you know, the, the aggro, I mean, sort of getting all the way up there. It, it, the, the, more, the more I thought about it, it, it just became, in my head, sort of impossible to do. So I phoned Andy up and I said, look, you know, the time's come. I'm going to have to leave you to it, mate. I'm really sorry, but that's it. And Andy was, um, he was grateful for all the little help that I'd given. But um, again, he was so well organised. You know, he, he didn't need me. You know, I've had messages come back this morning after last night's event saying that everything ran at the time. One band managed to sort of go five minutes late, but everything else ran to time. Everything went on on time. It, you know, so to me, that's a success. And to have that place sold out as well. A lot yeah. of people got to meet uh, Blaze Bailey, the headline act, and yeah. yeah. It looked like it was good. Yeah, what a coup! That's actually a, a fair, a fair coup to get Blaze Bailey down there. Well, I mean, you can imagine like sort of me sitting there going, "Okay, so how do you top that?" And that that was one of the. I mean, we came up with a few ideas, um, but we had a lot of knockbacks, yeah. a lot of knockbacks. Um, and if this thing, you know, it, it's right. The, the name Birdfest has now picked up. It's only four years old. It's only been going for four years. Um, but the name has really sort of picked up. And uh, we were getting calls and emails from people saying, can we do that? But these were all what, what we would call opening acts. There was no one coming through as a potential headline. The Blaze Bailey, I mean, plus the fact that he was doing uh, an Iron Maiden related set. Mm. Like the stuff he did on the two albums. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I'd seen it, but. Yeah, me too. It is what it is. Yeah, no, look, I mean, (laughs) he may not have been involved in Maiden's most successful era, but um, Blaze Bailey is is an accomplished singer and musician and um, highly respected. Yeah, highly yeah, respected. Highly respected. Yeah. I think. I think. And he's, he's going from strength to strength. You know, the, yeah. the more tours he does, the bigger and better he's getting. Uh, correct. And he's gigging everywhere. Correct. And he's a very, very humble guy. Yeah, yeah. That, that that's certainly the um the the feedback from a lot of fans. He's just very down to earth guy and always takes yeah. time out with the fans. And I think, uh, <coughs> I guess, retrospectively, a lot of. Maiden fans are now going back and rediscovering the two albums that Blaze did with Maiden. I mean, I have to put my hand up and and confess that um, I'm one of those fans. I I really struggled to come to terms with Bruce's departure in 1993, 94. It was it was hard, <laughs> and. Um, and you know, I, I kind of blanked out that era for a while, um, but it's only recently. It's it's only in sort of re- last sort of five years I've gone back and rediscovered the X Factor, which is I think it's a fantastic album, really strong album. 
um, and Virtual Eleven. So uh, Blaze has a lot of um, Blaze has a lot of right and right, rightfully so, a lot of admirers, a lot of fans. So, um, Lupi, tell us, can you speak to the mission statement of Burfest? So yes, it's great. You know, you got a whole lot of mates from all over the UK, Europe, and the world meet up. Um, you know, a lot of great bands. What's the end game? What's the uh, very simply is the, the end game. Um, the initial idea, as I said, going back to uh, Clive Aid, was to raise money uh, for um, MS, MS Action, MS Awareness, multiple sclerosis, you know, that whole thing. And because Clive Aid fell on his ass, um, it, Clive Aid also had the backing of uh, Iron Maiden. And having spoken to Steve in New York, um, he gave Burfest the backing too. Um, his sister's now involved in, in some of it. Uh, Clive Burr's wife, Mimi, she's now involved in it. Um, but the whole idea is to, is to raise awareness and raise money for MS. Um, and that, that, that's, that's it. That is the end game. Yeah, it's a, it's a great event of, you know, for old sort of maiden friends, like from, as you said, from all over the world to, to come together um, and sort of see some of these artists. But um, it, it, Burfest is uh, it's quite well known for putting old bands back on the map. You look at Gypsy's Kiss, mm-hmm. Steve's for, very first band. Yeah. Gypsy's Kiss are now headlining gigs all over the place. Now, if it hadn't been for their appearance at Burfest for the first time in 44 years, or the first first gig in 40 years, when some of the original lineup got up on stage and sang, they've now gone on from strength to strength. As I said, yeah, headlining gigs in their own right. Um, and you've had ex, ex maiden members getting up with Dougie Sampson, Terry Watprim, Terry Rantz. You know, they've all got up and done their bit. Um, but yeah, initially, well, the, the, the end game is, is all about raising awareness. Yeah, and that's at the end of the day when you sort of take away the bands, take away the, the fan meetups. At the end of the day, it is about uh, a profoundly serious issue, and that is that of multiple sclerosis. And I don't know how many of our listeners. Uh, know anybody with the disease or maybe even themselves have the diagnosis. But it, it is a very debilitating uh, progressive disease which can uh, unfortunately take someone at their prime fit well, like Clive, um, and uh, unfortunately reduce them to somebody who's not independent with their sort of daily living. Because it is... I mean, we should say it is a, a degeneration of, of the nervous system, so the, the brain, spinal cord. And uh, when you get that, that uh, uh, I guess, loss of function of a very important organ, it, it, it affects just about every body system there is. So it affects their yeah. ability to walk, to talk, to feed themselves, to toilet themselves. I mean, it's, it's a horrible, horrible disease as is you know similar to the other 
neurological disorders like um, motor neurone disease and whatnot. So it, it, it's a wonderful cause for a disease that we just don't have a cure for at the moment. And, um, you know, I think you and I were saying, you, you and I were saying off air uh, before we started recording that imagine if, if all our listeners and every Iron Maiden fan for the for the price of a, a trooper beer, how much is a trooper beer in your neck of the woods? It's uh, just under two pounds. Yeah, so they'd be about five bucks straight in. If everybody put aside that amount of money and donated it to the local multiple sclerosis uh, support support group or support service, we would. Um, we would be in a, a good position to actually help the patients. Potentially, potentially yeah. we could raise millions. Yeah, and not only raise millions for research and development into the disease, but also help, you know, everyday patients with multiple sclerosis, you know, because it's well-documented Clive's, Clive Burr's decline, but there's, you know, hundreds of thousands of people like that. And um, just... A price of a, a trooper beer to donate that amount to your local multiple sclerosis support service, uh, you know, cumulatively goes goes a long way. I mean, we are we are a very powerful and large fan base. We really yeah, are. Absolutely. We, absolutely. You know, uh, I mean, Iron Maiden is is now you know bigger than they ever were, more mainstream than they ever were playing to bigger audiences than they ever were. So that there is that groundswell of, of support. And that's all it is, folks. It's, it's the price of a trooper beer to, to be donated to, for example, in the, in the UK, you've got the MS Action Trust, who I believe were the organisation that looked after Clive. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's who, um, I mean, that's who Burfest, like, give... All the proceeds to yeah, so. and and likewise uh, in the United States, Canada, Europe, here in Australia, uh, we all have every every country, every jurisdiction has their own multiple sclerosis uh, trust or support service. So it's a good thing. So Loopy and I are going to do this. Loopy and I, we, we're going to yeah. we're going to pledge. We're going to commit uh, the equivalent of well two pounds, which is five Australian dollars, which what would that be in US? That would be um, what would that be in US? I'm, I'm going to work it out. I'm actually going to work it out on four bucks. Yeah, yeah I'm going to work yeah. it out on on air. So uh, <laughs> three US dollars. Is that it? All, all it is three US dollars. So our our, our American brethren, it's three bucks. Uh, so okay, guys. So what we're going to do? Um, we, we are going to post the the links. Uh, especially for, like, for, for Burfest. Um, we're going to post that in the video below, or below the video, down there, like where we expect all your questions and comments. And don't forget to press the like and subscribe. Um, we're going to post the link below so that uh, people like, want to donate, all they've got to do is click on the link and donate to Burfest, and I'm, I'm sure that uh, Andy and uh, Mimi and Linda and Mr. Harris, I'm sure they will all appreciate everything you give. 
Yeah, and and you know, f- as I said, for our North American friends, our European friends, uh, Australian, New Zealand for, uh, listeners, it's a very very simple Google search. Just look up your local multiple sclerosis uh, organization support service. You can make an enormous amount of difference, and it's not just a difference. It's not just to the patients. It's to the carers. It's to the families. It. It goes a long way. It goes a long yeah. way. It goes a long way towards respite for the families, towards the provision of um, just basic services that that things that we take for granted every day. So yeah, yeah let's do it, guys. We yeah. are we are we are a powerful and large fan base. You know, let's let's make some difference. All right. Yeah, can't add anything more to that case. We are global. And speaking of global, um, have, <laughs> you got, have you got? Have you got? Now look, you look well, Loopy. You spoke about medical issues, but but you don't have a cough, you don't have a fever, you don't have any breathlessness, and you don't have a sore throat, which which is reassuring at the moment because uh, with this uh, this plague, this this plague <laughs> plague that's. <laughs> what what's going on here? What, what, on, what on earth is going on? It's it's just, this is this is like some sort of apocalypse. I don't know. You, 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 you read so many different things about you know, where this all started. Um, you know, was this was this released? What do you mean a bioweapon? You're talking about a bioweapon. Or just generally sort of like accidentally escaped. You know, well, well did, so, did, so, did, did it actually come, come from bat droppings? Who knows? So, folks, obviously, to state the bleed and obvious, we're, talk, we're talking about the coronavirus. Um, it, uh, my understanding is, or the, the, the general understanding is, that it is a virus that com- started in, in, in animals. So it started in bats, and it's since jumped species into humans now and i think there was a another host so it was a a snake a bat and it's so it went from snakes to bats to to humans and um well okay i think this is how how my mind works it just goes to prove that humans will fuck anything (laughs) (laughs) if it ain't nailed down shag it (laughs) <laughs> isn't isn't that isn't that what that roadie uh, jacket uh, we were talking about in the 1983? Yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it was between a roadie and a pig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah shit. No, look, it's 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 obviously a serious matter. It's uh, there's a there's a lot of uh, fear and um and hysteria going on, and it's a really affecting. It's starting to affect everyday lives. I mean, um, you know, we've had this this panic buying that's that's going on now. Um, <laughs> I've got mine. Have you got yours? I got mine last week because uh, I think <laughs> we started this, didn't we, in here in Australia? We, yeah. we were the first yeah. ones, and then says all my Australian friends, look what I've got. Yeah, yeah I've got a few of these now. So um... <laughs> you stop piling. I'll tell you what. This this actually uh, brings up a story that I read on Facebook the other day. We were talking a little while ago about Gypsy's Kiss. Now, the uh, main guitarist and main singer, Dave Smith, was at, um, he was at his local uh, supermarket. And the guy in front of him, all this guy had 
was these three huge packs of toilet roll. <laughs> so that, so Dave just made the comment to the bloke about, blimey, somebody must have had something dodgy last night. And the guy turned around and said to him, no, 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 I'm stockpiling. So Dave said to him, why? And the geezer said, because I thought you had to. Jesus. Mentality is unbelievable. Yeah, look, I think it's human nature, you know, to, to panic and sort of catastrophize everything. I mean, I was at the local shopping center, um, the local, local supermarket last Sunday, so about a week ago from when we were <laughs> recording this show, and it, it was like a scene out of the Twilight Zone. I mean, people had um, trolleys with just, just mountains of toilet paper. And the funny thing is, fruit and vegetables... Meat, chicken, fish, pork, uh, ham, plentiful on the shelves, plentiful. But the, the non-perishable stuff like pasta, can, you know, canned foods, um, and obviously toilet paper, was, was, was the shelves were empty. Hand, hand sanitizer. Hand, hand sanitizer, soap. masks, completely empty. So there's no danger of going hungry because there's plenty of beef and chicken and, you know, lamb well, in the shops. But at, at the moment. At the moment. But, gee, you don't want to have a dodgy curry and spend the night in the toilet, you know, too much. So it's... thing is, I don't... All right, stop piling because they don't know. It. You know, if, if everybody um, has to self-isolate for two weeks, how much toilet paper do you need unless you've got a family of 30? Yeah, it's, it's, it's serious. These people are panic buying and for absolutely no reason. Yeah, I, look, look. I predict that in twelve months' time, we're going to look back on this and just just shake our heads, going, "What the hell was that?" Yeah, I mean, yeah this, what's that all about? Yeah, if if this is the first time you're watching our show, you might think, "What, what are these guys talking about? What, why on earth are these guys talking about coronavirus? This is an Iron Maiden related show." Well. There, there is, there is, there is, a, there is yeah. a direct link to this because um, we, in fifty-four days, in fifty-four days, we have uh, the first show of the legacy, the third leg of the Legacy of the Beast tour, kicking off in Perth, Western Australia. A, a show that I have tickets to that I'm planning on being there, um, and having a look at what's happening in the music industry. And the sporting industry, uh, public events have been cancelled, and several governments have flagged public the cancellation or postponement of public events. So I know Italy, which is you know one of the one of the hardest hit European country, the uh, the football the football with uh, AC Milan was 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 cancelled, or, or or were they playing in an empty stadium? I can't. Can't quite recall. Uh, don't know. I missed that. Yeah, but um, I know that uh, our. I was, I was probably watching the other channel. I was watching the French football. Yeah. <laughs> is that a better league? Is it? Well, the the, the Italians the Italians had the best best <laughs> football league in the late eighties. I mean, I remember, you know, nineteen eighty eight to ninety one. I would, I was obsessed with Italian football. But but anyway, we we don't we digress. Uh, just the other day, uh, in our Prime Minister here in Australia, you know, sort of forewarned that if this epidemic becomes more serious, then they 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 won't hesitate to to um, cancel 
sort of public uh, public engagements, and that's large, large gatherings. Large gatherings, and that is the congregation of more than five thousand people or, or less. So, uh, with 50, 54 days until the Perth concert, that's that's a, that's quite a a significant issue because the Western Australian Department of Health uh, put out a, a statement the other day saying that they expect the cases of coronavirus to start spiking in late April, early May and to hit a, um, uh, a peak in August. Now, granted, that's only talking about the Southern Hemisphere and talking, talking about my country here, but uh, I think Europe will be different. But nevertheless, it does raise the possibility and the prospect that the band will certainly need to at least keep a very close eye on and consider their plans because it's already yeah, happened. I'm, it's I'm already sure there's, I'm sure there's someone sitting in the management's office. Um, chances are that they've got someone sitting there who is monitoring this situation 24 hours. You know, it, it's... No question. So like, yeah, I... I I asked you the question earlier, but you know about um, how much notice mm. I would have to give to, to you know sort of call off a show or call off a tour or call off several shows, whatever. And your answer was that the way things have, have sort of happened with like Schenker and Slipknot and whatever, they're they're only giving sort of two weeks notice. Two weeks notice, yeah. So so just to just to clarify, as it stands right now, the following bands have cancelled their tours of Japan and Asia. It's Michael Schenker, Slipknot, Slipknot are a huge band, uh, Sons of Apollo, and I believe Green Day as well have all cancelled their tours of Japan and the Far East, and almost all of them, the the notice that they gave (coughs) was two to three weeks. And um, even... As a precedence, uh, you know, one of my other favourite bands, Kiss, who cancelled their Australian tour last November, I believe that was only a two or three weeks uh, notice as well. So I think, the, you know, the, 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 the promoter and the band's management or management of a lot of these acts will tend to sort of push it as far as they can go before they make a call. Before they then need you know need to deal with the logistics of cancelling shipping of you know props and gear and whatnot stage gear, so it will be an interesting time. It will be a very mm. interesting time. I think, I think um, my gut feeling, and it'd be interesting to watch this back in a couple of months to see you know how well this comment will age, but. My gut feeling is that the tour, the Australian tour, might go ahead still, because um, well, I mean we have a very robust health system, and because of all the panic and you know people are very over precautious, I think we will we should contain the virus. We should, but but then again, if you have a an enormous spike, uh, I mean that 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 throws that out the window and. The band may yeah. may cancel. So, several acts have already done it. The question is what um, what will happen with the European shows. I mean, uh, Italy is Bologna is July twentieth, and um, uh, Italy is one of the hardest hit countries. Now, the situation will most definitely improve 
in the next four and a half months in uh, Italy. But um, it, we don't know. I mean, if this turns into a pandemic, you know, what? Oh, it's all these, all these questions. All these questions get raised. And at the yeah. moment, it's a lot of unknown. <laughs> Unknown entities. Oh, yeah, all, all we can all we can do is just say, you know, watch this space. Uh, exactly. The interesting point, interesting point about these bands cancelling is it's it's just the lack of time. You know, that, that two weeks you get it's somebody excited to go and see Iron Maiden in Perth on the first of May, yeah. and then the middle of April, all of a sudden, that's taken away because you know the, the virus has got out of control or whatever that must be uh, must be hard but at the end of the day it's only temporary of course of course of course but if, if, if any other bands uh, get cancelled then please uh, let us know in the, in the comments below yeah we uh, interested to keep an eye on yeah 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 I think I mean I don't know who else is touring and also if, if, if you have any questions I mean obviously like Kaz is a is a GP and he might be able to answer the questions for you so yeah just Throw your questions below. Yep. That's it. So, look on that note. Um, on that note, we can uh, we can uh, finish off for this episode. And uh, yeah, let's just see how things go. You know, I think by by, by the time episode twelve comes around, we'll know a lot more. Um, but look, I have my flights and my um, hotel booked in Perth. I have every intention of going there, whether there's a tour or not. Um, it's a beautiful place, lovely seafood, lovely beaches, and you know I, I intend on being there whether there's a tour or not, whether there's a, a gig to go to or not. But uh, look, let's let's hope this settles down and you know the world gets back mm. to just some diff modicum of normality, I suppose. So. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Good oh, all right. You, you, I mean, basically, you've got to carry on. Of yeah, course, basically. as the old. Nobody's gonna... As the old yeah, man, exactly. the Man of War song says, "Carry on." Yeah, carry on. Yeah. My wayward son. <laughs> Good. Anything else to add, sir? Anything else to finish um, off? Any any other thing you want to yeah, finish off with? No, I don't think so. I think that's uh, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. All right. Take care, everyone. Um, all the best to you and your families, and we shall see you next see you one. On the next one. Next one. Yeah. Take bye care. All. Bye. 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 Thank <laughs> you.